fresh off being ambushed and rescuing some prisoners from a Sun Elf prison, our heroes are trying to keep their head down as their infamy grows. Today they are headed back to the Paradise City of Lethal Spear to stay at the Airheads Resort with its reputable proprietor, Cephelia Red Coral. Beautiful and wealthy beyond reason, Lethal Spear is one of the few independent cities in the world and one of the few places not under the direct control of the Lords of the Sun. Episode 11 A Fabulous Party You, you swipe on the card and the portal opens uh, in the teleportation room. Hop through? Hop through. And you appear once again in foyer of the resort. Once again, there is no one else in the foyer. Opaque, transparent, oyster shell, dome glass looking ceiling. And the large pillar of beautiful, swirling golden, golden white coral. And up in front of you is Sevilla. Uh, behind her is her assistant. And she walks up immediately to Lulu. She bows with like a like, like a swooping gesture and says, Welcome, my lady. It is an honor to have you back again. Then she turns to Jennifer. Welcome, my lady. Oh, thank you. Others. We have prepared the privileged class suite for you. It is our elite class. Of course, you will be able to have the dome view of both the sky and the city. Uh, yes, it is an entirely opaque room. Have no fear, no one can see in through magic or any other means. I do want to tell you that we will be having an event this evening. Uh, you of course will be invited, no one is required to attend, but one of the guests has, is hosting an event um, and uh, invited everyone at the resort. Alright, yeah, I go up and I change into my party dress! <laughs> <laughs> I too go into my sleepy folk clothes so I blend in a bit more. Indebted to the assassin clan, known as the Great Fear, Mumu hurries to assure them she plans to make good on her promise. The, the night begins to fall over the beautiful town of Lethal Spear, as it is only lit now by the Blue Diamond Road and the, and the Red Ruby Road. So first you swim along the, uh, the drop-off, um, where the water gets very deep very quickly because that's the outer edge there. Then you, then you uh, hook up with the Diamond Road, follow that all the way down uh, until it intersects with the Ruby Road, and then follow that to right next to the temple. The uh, temple looms before you, and it's lit with its uh, color, the same color that it was lit with last time, and is illuminating um, this part of the city, this section of the city. Alright, you open the door, it, it opens before you with a, as, as you move towards it, and again you see inside the well-illuminated temple with the uh, dark red altar in front of you. The doors, of course, close behind you immediately after entering, and the light here doesn't allow for any shadows. Every corner of the room is lit with a, like a moon-like um, you see the altar before you, which lit up when you touched it last time, has turned dark once again, and there is no one else in this room. Nothing above me. I look up. Just a tapering temple, all lit with the same humming light blue. I put my hand on the altar. The altar. I do to not. Light. The altar begins to light up. As your hand sort of is on top of the altar, it feels like it's almost sinking in a little bit. I will leave my hand on for five seconds and take it off. About another two, three seconds go past, and you immediately notice a hooded figure standing on the other side of the altar. I didn't catch your name last time, I say to him. Do you have a pertinent question? I set the bag of dust on the altar. Floats down onto the altar, which is still lit. The cloaked figure steps forward, sweeps the uh, bag off of the altar, 
and into into their cloak. They turn away from you. Then turn. What back. is this gala this evening? Petty nonsense. No time for it. I hear that there might be royalty in town. Hmm. Maybe I should stay away as well. Agreed. But one word on the sufficiency of your delivery. It's not sufficient. What's wrong with you people? I'm working on getting a whole fucking system set up here. When can we get more? Well, I have encountered certain difficulties, as you might imagine, by certain royalty trying to ruin my supply. I'm working on getting a, a, a consistent supply line set up, but, you know, certain things need to happen first. It will be two months. Two months, then. Do not be late, and he's gone. Left alone in the sacred Moon Elf Temple, Mumu can't help herself as she begins to play with the altar. Yeah, your hand sort of, like, pushes into it like it's a blob of jello. I stand on it. You stand on it? It's sinking in up to your ankles and your knees. Continue to stand on it. So you stand until you are basically up to your chest in this stone altar. And it's still all lit around you. Roll an intelligence check. Fail. You feel almost overwhelmed here, like the force of this magic is too much for you. While Mumu is repaying her debts, Varian and Kadim take a visit to the blacksmith known as Terence Reforge. And once again, he's sitting at the desk. This time, he's got a, a machine, like a, some sort of grinding tool that he's taking to a trident. Hey, Terence. What's up, Terence? Mm -hmm. Sort of paddle in. Um, yeah. Uh, so Terence looks up. Uh, he's he's at the, like a grinding wheel, uh, very slowly, very meticulously grinding on the tip of a trident. Uh, yes, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Very nice to see you again. Yes. I very much enjoyed the pelts you gave me. They were very useful. Highly, highly accepted and uh, and loved by their viewers. I'm glad to hear that worked out. I really am, because honestly, we're back here to get more, get more business of helping you out. Uh, I believe last time we were in town, you mentioned something about a mayorship of me. Oh, yes. It's very sad that uh, I've somewhat lost, uh, lost hope of my big regent. Oh, no, why? Oh, well, the, the swift current, no color swift current, is about to earn the endorsement of the ex-regent's family. Oh, is that that what's going down over there at uh, Airhead Short? For the wedding that will occur in two days. So who's getting married? The son of No Collar Swift Courage and daughter of the House of the Former Regent. It's likely to secure the votes of most of the other houses. What would you say if we had something that uh, could maybe sway those votes uh, back to you? Yes, do tell. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned something about uh, maybe making the uh, greatest trident the world's ever seen. I did, as I hear that creatures yet resides down in the deeps. So, just supposing we could uh, go and find that, what do you think that would do to your chances of uh, getting the mayorship? I don't think that if Swift Courage is able to marry into the region's family, uh, I will be able to do anything to stop her ascension. So we gotta break up a wedding, basically. Got any uh, dirt I on them? Not say that. You got any dirt on these families? You know anything about them? It is said she has committed some sort of financial crimes against the deep sea empire. No. And run afoul of the laws of the deep. Mm. This could mean that she is isolated here and right. no longer has her. They depend upon the deep sea trade and their portal to the deep sea for their entire business empire. At this point, Kadim asks for the source of this valuable information. I heard these rumors from 
Michael Trident, who is also running for regent. Okay, yeah, it's all tainted now. What, what sort of man is he? What kind of character is he? Can he be trusted? Is he made of integrity? Is he opportunist? He is an incompetent pretty boy with a very wealthy family. However, if that monster were to be slain, the uh, horn that it carries would be of great value to me. Only to you? Is it like a status symbol kind of thing? It is, yes. Of great magical power as well. Kadim promises Terence Reforge that he will get that horn and return it to him. After their various excursions, Kadim, Varian, and Mumu all meet back up with Jennifer back at the Airheads Resort and begin their preparations for the party. I am observing from a circumspect perch way up high. I'm going to say you get in position early and the butler sort of helps you get there. With Mumu embedded in a sniper position, Kadim and Varian show up early to the party and talk with its organizer and host, Sevilla Red Coral. You know, the wealthy Bruce Wayne character. Oh, uh, yes. His name, Jemichael, Jemichael uh, Trident. There's a horn at the front door as two trumpet players, and in walks this, like, six-foot-four sea elf with golden green hair and a well-cut jaw and beautiful cloak that looks like it's made entirely out of, like, gold and silver weed. <laughs> raises his arms and says, Ah, yes, what a wonderful party! And there's like a there's like a few hurrahs from the crowd as he moves, moves his way over to the bar. With the entire team embedded and VIPs beginning to arrive, Jennifer makes her fashionably late appearance. You're not there very long before a male sea elf approaches him, dressed in a shark. This suit is his above-water party suit, mm. as it's clearly made in the above-water fashion. Mm. And, which is rare for here. Right. And, and he approaches you and he says, I don't believe we've met, my lady. We have not. My name is Alexandria Delefranon. Ah, oh, Mr. Delefranon, it is a delight. It is a delight. I am I am Jorge Eelsworth. And it is an honor. It is an honor and a privilege to meet such a beautiful woman as yourself. It's such, I, I'm afraid I've not heard of her. I stuck out my hand and say, hi, I'm uh, Bob. He turns to you very politely, shakes your hand. Welcome, welcome, Bob. It's always good to meet a new uh, wood elf. Yeah. Uh, are you staying here at the resort? He asks uh, that to you, Jennifer. We are. <laughs> we are. I go to. I wander up to get a drink. I'm like, my good friend Bob's not much for conversation. <laughs> well enough, he says. We have never been here to this wonderful resort. Fascinating, fascinating. I'd love to hear more about it. Let's go to the bar. He sort of leads you towards the bar. At the bar, by the way, you do see a very tall um, sea elf who is being tended to by several people. Um, oh, is that Jermichael? Um, oh, uh, he looks over there. Oh, never mind him. He's just pumps ass. Um, as you're talking, though, the very tall sea elf approaches you and sort of just pushes the chair, the, the stool that the guy who's talking to you is on, just out of the way, just ever so slowly, like in a big, making this kind of a show out of it, just like pushes that chair off to the side, and like just keeps getting further and further away as the guy's face gets madder and madder. I look up at, at the guy pushing, uh -huh. and I say, excuse me, <laughs> and I grab the dude's hand who I was talking to, I flip my hair at this tall dude, and like walk to some other place. You're taking him? Taking, taking no guy? Correct, taking oh, no guy. Taking nobody? Sort of sniffs at, uh, at, at Trident, and, and says, oh, that's my Trident, he's such an ass. I look back at tall dude and make eye contact with him, and 
And then I go back to talking to my Like, stand like I'm her bodyguard. Okay. Basically, I'm not in her space, but I'm kind of like off her yeah, side. Yeah, you're a human. A She's a human. Yeah. Exactly. I'm wandering around awkwardly trying to find someone to talk about plants with. Nobody wants to talk about plants. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you. <laughs> Slow turn. Walk away. Chatting with Monsieur Eel Swirl, Jennifer presses him for information about other partygoers, in particular a wood elf named Arturius Findee. Well, yes, I mean, the Findees are renowned. Ar- Arlena and Arturius the, are brother and sister. Arlena is the head of the Findee house. Arturius is their representative. Oh. The... Are they get along, or are they, are they always kind of... Any disagreements would definitely not become public. Mm. However, the Fendi house has suffered some alienation recently, according to rumor, from the other houses of the Elven court. They are rumored to be against the treaty, it is said. Oh, that's not good. No, not good indeed, especially uh, in such a place as this. It's quite unusual for a Fendi to show his face in a place where the Sun Elves may have... Interest peaked. Jennifer inquires if Arturius is in danger. Well, I mean, royalty would never take an action at a neutral site at a public event. Mm. However, it is quite risky for a Fendi to be out of the forest at all. So both of the bride and groom are relatively quiet, you know, shut-ins, it seems. I, I really don't know much about the groom. I know that the bride is a quiet, respectful woman. After we dance for a bit, I'm gonna suggest that we go back to the bar. Or okay. it might be all the girls eye you as you approach the bar, like side eye you a little bit. Okay. Go back and not side eye you. And I'm gonna walk over to the side. I'm specifically maybe looking for the girl I think he has the best chance with, and I'm seating myself to where he will sit right next to her. Champagne for all the beautiful girls. <laughs> I say I'll like perk up at that. That girl that we sit right next to him sort of turns around and says, "Oh, I didn't catch your name." And he's like, oh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm eel, eel, eel swirl. Eel swirl? You're so funny. Hi, I'm Alexandria Delencia. <laughs> and, and eel swirl here was just telling me how, how wonderful all of you are. I, I have to go to the bathroom, sweetie, excuse me. With Jennifer taking her leave, Mumu spots something from her eye in the sky. Realize... From this perch, like you hadn't realized it before, but from this perch, you can actually see outside the building as well. And approaching the building on the outside is an enormous shark. 30 feet long, like a megalodon-sized shark. As it swims towards the building, you see black-outfitted, trident-wielding sea elves approach the door, stand at attention as the shark turns, and a... Uh, a black-clad uh, gentleman sort of floats down off of the shark towards the door. I tell Jennifer, swift current, incoming. In an all-black, beautiful, beautiful, shiny outfit. Quickly after that, walking through the door is two black, black-clad sea elves carrying jet black tritons that sort of glow with a dark energy. Oh, I want it. Walks I want it. A shorter man, sort of a little bit pudgy. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, and, this is the guy. But he is too wearing. He is wearing even more fantastic armor. Like it is. 
it is embroidered with with uh, with inset coral into this blackness. It would like purple and green corals that form a form a sh- the shape of a ghostly shark on his chest. That's that's kind of badass. As this blackguard entourage rolls into the party, uh-huh. the party goes quiet, and then there's immediately like a uproarious cheer and clapping as uh, everyone sort of not a golf clap like an actual clap. And like like some whistles and hoots and, and, and cheers. Arturius Findi and his entourage begins steps into motion, moves towards the black clad group, and he, they shake hands in a formal manner, and Findi is the, the much taller of the two, leans down and talks to him in his uh, very carefully, sort of puts an arm around him as their guards keep everyone else at like fifteen feet away. Jennifer reemerges from the bathroom and continues making eyes at Jamichael Trident who eventually makes a move. I wouldn't be caught dead talking to you at this party. You should meet me up afterwards. For example, that, uh, in your room? Of course not. In my place? My high one. That is also not okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> that is a mixed signal Jesus Christ! You will find a nice place where we will not be disturbed that is not your house. Come with me to the wine shop. That sounds fantastic. Uh, and uh, meet me there in half an hour. The bride does show up um, in a similar ceremony wearing uh, sort of a deep blue color and she's announced and she is a not very attractive sea elf. Um, young, maybe adolescent, sort of scraggly hair even though you can tell it was, it was done up. Like this is her best look and it's not that good. The swift current boy hurries over to greet her with a friendly hug and then steps back lightly and then introduces her to people one by one. Jennifer is intrigued by Arturius Fendi and eventually approaches him. He, he at first says nothing. I do a little curtsy and I say, Lord Fendi, such a blessing to have you. Grace is my presence. Well, he nods. He seems unimpressed. My name is Alexandra Delencia. Welcome, Miss Delencia. Trust the reason for approaching member of the High Court of Fendi. I would not approach without a good reason. You seem like you're trying to make a great impression. Aren't we all? I see you're trying to make friends with the, the groom-to-be. In particular, I would imagine their family and alliance is specifically why you're here today. Well, Swift Card is to be in charge of the only independent cities. The lords of, you know, the above ground haven't seemed to come to visit this, you know, wonderful Spectacle. Let's hope they do. He looks at you. He sort of raises his hand. You feel like a magical aura begin to drift over you. Okay, Varian. He's casting an extremely high-level spell. I believe it gives access to your mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. A gentleman doesn't do such things. As he, as he, he, he sort of ignores you. Make a perception check. I mean, he, 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 he waves his hand as you clear your throat, and, and the spell drops, your skin goes back to normal. Interesting. I'm a very interesting girl. Yes, you are. <laughs> Our conversation here is complete. He nods to his guards as they reach over and grab you and deliberately pull you outside of their circle. I would be visiting you in the future, and it would be wise to trust me. Spies of your caliber. You're really trusting. I'm watching this shit. Natural t- Get Not lying. Out. You're watching this guy. This guy is dead poker face. 100% ice cold. But you know, as he cast a spell on Jennifer, you know that 
he discovered something immensely surprising to him and deeply worrisome. We got a real problem. So what do you do? I storm off. You storm off. <laughs> oh, horribly upset. Okay. He doesn't react at all and the guards just stand in attention. After her dalliance with Finn D, Jennifer heads over to talk to the bride, a pale, unassuming girl of great wealth. She's like, I haven't seen you before. I have never, this is our first trip down to the underwater. Oh, well, I'm just so glad you get to stay here at the most beautiful resort in the world and see our beautiful city. Luckily, my daddy has tons of money. Um, my wedding will be in just two days. I do hope you'll attend. Two and days. As, as she says that, one of the other, one of the uh, older women next to her sort of steps forward and nods at you, like smiles, and hands you like an invitation. I need some kind of day of relaxation. What do you girls do for that? Well, well, tomorrow we're having we're having a bachelorette's day. All of my girls and I will be uh, spending a day on the town. Would you like to come? You're speaking my language. <laughs> having bounced back and forth between all the partygoers, Jennifer remembers that she has a date with Jamichael Triton at Thola's Winery. Built in a very uh, gothic style. Uh, it's built out of deep reds and deep yellow corals that uh, are, are linear stripes. And as you enter... You are immediately greeted by Ah, uh, yes, uh, is there a special room that you may have to reserve, my lady? I'm meeting Mr. Trident here. Ah, oh, yes, Mr. Trident's room, I shall be right here. Hopefully it's, you know, like an open space. This is... Oh, no, Mr. Trident has a private room, of course. Okay, leave me that way. Okay. Lavish room, about 15 feet tall. Darius, uh, lounge seating. Mm. Um, all about the room. Kelps of different colors that sort of uh, dance around in, in these like sparkling lights. It's very ostentatious. Displeased by the kelp disco, Jennifer elects to sit at the bar. Okay, watch her back. Jennifer is sitting at the bar and trying to enter is by himself. Okay, just sort of uh, sort of casually swims in, sees her at the bar, big grin. Ah, my lady, welcome. Shall we retire to my room? No, I've already been up to that creep fest. I have no intention <laughs> of going. There. Unbeknownst to the others, Terence Reforge has also been invited to this meeting, which gives Jennifer an opportunity to make a very important proposal. But not long later, uh, Reforge shows up. Mr. Reforge, welcome, sit. Reforge looks at you, um, he says, uh, I, well, I, I love Mr. I'd rather, I'd rather not sit, I don't know why you have <clears throat> barged into my shop and told me to come here. Who are you to tell me where to come? Good sirs. It appears that neither of you have any claim to this regency anymore. The only way either of y'all would get elected is if y'all start working together. Think about it. Have Darcy says, yes, Reforge, that's indeed why I called you here. I need your endorsement and the endorsement of the Merchant's Council, of which you head, to, in order to have a chance against Swift Current. I, I urge you to immediately endorse me and all of your representatives to do the same. Wow, salesman, huh? Reforged looks at him like, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, I wouldn't back you if you gave me your mansion. Um, I do think Mr. Trident here is a little bit ambitious, and I don't necessarily feel he has the best interests of everyone in mind. He's a pretty boy weasel with nothing to offer. <laughs> so, I believe if said pretty boy weasel would agree to have strong counsel by you and have your opinion extremely respected and listened to, <clears throat> Mr. Trident, whenever he has. Rolls his eyes. Of course. 
then perhaps there could be some type of agreement here. If not, again, y'all both lose nothing to gain. There's no way y'all are going to profit any, any other way. That's when Reforge turns to Kadeem. You serious about getting me that, giving me that, that spike? Give me that horn? Yes. We are. I don't need, I don't need this one. You might need yeah. it. You might need it for some things, and I kind of like push off the wall and glide towards the party. Reforge says, "I'm out of here." Wait, as uh, he starts to leave, Reforge turns around and and he says, "Come on, man. How much money do you need? I, 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 I can help you out." And Reforge like sort of edges back in the door. I don't need money, but you know I don't have a vote in the coming election. Only those who are landed boats. He uh, uh, tried to raise his eyebrow. <laughs> Quite a tall ask indeed. But if you endorse me, and get the entire council to support me, Reforce sort of nods and looks at you. Uh, show me the paperwork, and you'll have yourself an alliance. And then leaves. Trident winks at you. He's like, Don't underestimate me, girl. And there you have it, folks. Our hero showed up in town with no plan, swimming amongst literal sharks, and swim away with two allies and a plan for next time. Join us as they descend into the depths to retrieve a horn of immense magical power. Maybe they'll even break up a wedding. As always, you can join us at oppressedbysun.com where we have maps, lore, background, pictures, all kinds of other information. Until next time, see ya.